and you're listening to Nine Guys Named Joe podcast, episode two. Blake Brewster, Randy Heights here. And you know, Blake, it's kind of funny how a week changes in baseball, and you know this from being in baseball. We go from last week when we tape our first podcast, and it was almost sunshine and roses. Yeah, OU was coming off that DBU loss where they lost it in the ninth inning, but they just beat number 11, TCU, two out of three. Well, it's a week yeah. later, they're on a five-game losing streak. <laughs> We kind of talk about like how, how are we going to get through this, one, man. We got to do it together, right? <laughs> it, no doubt, it's got to be tough, right? But uh, no, you're right. It's it's it, it's hard in baseball to consistently put out great appearances. We we come in on the first one, and it's easy to talk to. We could, you and I can sit there and talk for three hours if we wanted to. But uh, on these on these five game losing streaks, it's like how how do we go? get in a better situation what 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 can we do to change that right and i'm, I'm excited to get into that dive um especially because like as a player personally i had a lot of downtime in my in my career where i was going through droughts um things that i did things that i worked on i'm, I'm, I'm excited to try to get that that mindset out there well, well, you know, what's really interesting, I talked to Jackson Nicholas earlier this week and, you know, after the game last night, you know, he talked about, you know, this team's going through a rough patch. They went through a rough patch last year, you know, and the difference is this is going to be really interesting to see what these sophomores and maybe like the Kendall Pettis is the veteran on this team, what maybe they took away from the Jimmy Crooks, the Tanner Treadways, and the Peyton Graham because you look at last year, Blake, two series into the Big 12 season, the team was two and four. After three series in, they were four and five. They were 16 and 11 at one point in time before they turned it on the last half of the year, and we know what they did. So, you know, it's now up to some of these young veteran leaders to try to convey that same message, and it's going to be interesting to see if the freshmen and the young guys and the new first-year guys, whether they're junior college transfers or what, are willing to listen to everyone on what they did last year to overcome. I'm excited to hear you talk about Jay, Nick. Uh, it, we talked about it last week, trying to prove it with a stick, with a glove, but, like, you're absolutely right. How is it going to be in the dugout when you're on a, a five-game bender, six-game bender, when you get just swept by K-State that hadn't happened since the 90s, right? Like yeah. that, that, that's, that's unprecedented. We're in, we're in deep water right now. If you want to take it one step further when you say the 90s, it was the big eight days. <laughs> I don't know those days, Randy. Yeah, exactly. Right. Age, exactly. <laughs> big eight days, man. I mean, so it was bad. And, and I'm going to be honest here. I tweeted out something, and it wasn't being critical after they lost on Saturday, and a lot of people kind of came up at me, and I was just saying, and that's a bad series loss. I don't mean like, oh, this team's burned, you know, burned this team down when I said it's a bad series loss, Blake. I think you know what I mean as being a baseball guy. There are certain series you look at and go, we're better than them. That's a series we go win on the road because you don't win every series on the road in the Big 12. So you've got some, I'm sure in that locker room when you were a player, that you guys kind of earmarked going, this is one we go get, this one we go get, because we might. You, you don't want to believe you're going to lose one, but you know you don't want to lose those because those others are tough that are on the road. And so that's why I consider the K-State series a bad loss when you lose two out of three, and then they went one step further and got swept. I mean, it's not, it's not a criticism. It's just a bad loss. No, you got to call a spade a spade, right? I'll even take it a step further. You don't, in, in a clubhouse, you don't sit there and you're not openly talking about Oh, oh, we need to get two out of three from these guys. We don't need to get swept by these guys. It, you, you go out there and expect to win every game. Right. And honestly, I, I, you think about it, 
these this is why we need to be on the air right this is when everybody's going bad when everybody thinks oh we're throwing the ship coming for anybody's job right oh he needs to get fired we need to get this guy off the bench we need to put this guy on the bench this is this is what this is for but we you can't you can't really cover up a, a sweep right right it it's just hard to to find a way to be happy about what happened, especially last night when you come in mm-hmm. and you got a lead going into what is the eighth. I didn't. I was kind of upset. ESPN Plus. I'm getting. I'm getting very, very coddled by ESPN Plus. Hey, you and me both. <laughs> Trust me. It, it's uh, amazing. So I'm sitting there just watching stats, pulling them up, refreshing the page as much as I can. Like you go into the, to the eighth or the ninth with a, a two-run lead and you expect to win that game, right? Mm-hmm. And then you play, you come in the top of the ninth and you're like, well. Okay, I'm down one. How do we find a way to win? And you just, I, I keep refreshing the page, living on every pitch, and it, it just doesn't turn up. You just, sometimes it's just hard. You get, you get into these ruts and you just can't find a win a baseball game. And, and I will say that, that to me, that's the other thing about this rut. Yeah, pitching's been an issue at times through this rut with walking guys, giving free passes, and everything like that. But what's really weird is it seems like they've found a different way to lose. I mean, Blake, they're on a five game losing streak. And I know you realize this. Four of those five games, they lost late in the game. And they yep. found new ways to do it, whether it's giving up the hits, walking the bases loaded and only giving up one hit, or like a situation like last night. They gave up eight runs last night, Blake, six unearned runs. Yep. I mean, it. That I guess that's where I go. If there's, you know, I mean, there's a sliver of hope because everything can be turned around. But the best thing is, it's like, all right, they've just found different ways. It's almost like they're down on themselves. And that's why I look at this weekend being so key because if you can just get some momentum going, the talent level on this team, I think, can turn everything around. But Absolutely, man. You look, you saw that in Frisco, right? Yeah. Like we come off a, a, a mediocre win with a rider, mm-hmm. and we go into Frisco, and we just tear it up. That, that's what's hard. In a 56-game series, man, you – that's why every I feel like fans are like so gung ho to get rid of people, right? Yeah. In a 162 game series, when 14 teams make the playoffs, you're not really worried about a, a five game stretch, right? Right. But with 56 games, you're like, oh god, here we go. And I, you and I talked about it last night. Like, I'm okay with a series sweep, but it's purely because I saw what happened last year. Mm-hmm. Purely because anything can happen in this game, we could we could lose every series, go win the Big Twelve tournament, and still get a bid, right? Make it to the College World Series. Yeah, that's what's crazy about college baseball. Well, you and, don't you just have to get hot at the right time, no doubt. And, and I think some of the big misconceptions, at least for Oklahoma fans, because we know the fan base is growing in baseball, right? It, it's yeah. not it's not the Mississippi, the Mississippi states, all the SEC school fan base for college baseball. So you got a lot of, and I don't mean this demeaning. A lot of people think you mean it this way when you say it. You got a lot of football fans jumping on the baseball bandwagon, and the thing you got to convince those football fans are. Hey, this is, this is different than football. You lose two or three games in a row, life's okay. It, it's not the end of the world. You lose three games in football, yeah, they're they're burning buildings in Norman. You know, it's, <laughs> right. I mean, it's like baseball. It's like you're gonna have a three game winning streak. You're gonna have a three game losing streak here and there. I mean, if you don't think it's true, I Kendall Rogers tweeted this last night: Oklahoma, Texas A and M, Mississippi. Three of the final four teams in the College World Series last year 
are a combined 10 games over 500. Completely different swing, right? Right. <laughs> Completely I, different. I mean, Mississippi, Mississippi State, the last two national titles in SEC play this year are a combined 0 and 12. Yeah. You you want to take it? A, yeah, you want to go a step further? I can give you another Mississippi State. I don't know it's an OU podcast, but let me give you another uh, Mississippi State. No, we're big. States. We're big Mississippi State fans, by the way. Uh, you yeah, yeah. State. They are zero and seventeen in their last seventeen SEC games, and I mentioned that twelve games this year where they're. Or, I mean, the six games are zero and six in so far this year. Blake, they've given up. I think it's ninety four runs in those six games. My goodness, man! That's a you. I mean, I would. I won't say pitching powerhouse, but they're good on the mound. Exactly, it's unprecedented. They got the kid that pitches with both arms. <laughs> they got the ambidextrous guy. Exactly. Yeah. That, I was joking earlier in the year. Maybe you should start Friday and Saturday for him. One right, one left. Maybe that's what they should go to. I don't know. <laughs> How do they use him, man? I haven't seen any of this, the metrics. Is he a Friday, Saturday guy? Yeah, he was Friday at least in Frisco, and he's still Friday, I believe. Yeah, and it's amazing. Like he'll just. Oh, guy's a lefty. I'm going to switch to my lefty. Guy's a righty. I'm going to switch to my right. It's insane. You want to hear something crazy, Randy? What's that? I did. I can do that. No way. Seriously? Yeah, for real. But I, I, bet I you... pitched the game right-handed in high school. Holy cow. But I bet you didn't throw 95 like he does from both sides. <laughs> okay. You don't have to do that. To I, I'm just Nobody saying. Nobody needs to know that. <laughs> so what if I could? That's I a mean, good point. Just, you I'm still did it. it on the right side. <laughs> you, you did it, man. No, but I mean, no, so that, that, that's what I'm bringing up about Oklahoma and, and how the baseball, you know, is so different. It changes year to year. And sometimes you hit on young guys and sometimes you don't. And then sometimes it's just the young guys – don't develop until midway through the season. That That's the thing. College baseball is a long season, man. And that's why I never panic too much. Do you want to go on for this week? Would it be really bad if they go on for this week? I 100% would say yes. I think it's really bad if they go on for. But if somehow right. they pull out two and two, are you telling me that's everyone? Yeah. Shouldn't everyone be happy you're playing the number seven team in the country? If you can go two and two, you're feeling really good compared to where you were coming in on a five-game losing streak. Right, especially losing to K-State. And let's, let's be honest. Is, is two and two the best, though? Like, what is acceptable? It, obviously, 0-4 is not good, but 4-0 four, four is great. But, like, what what is acceptable out of this series with Stanford? You know, I think 1-3 and three might be acceptable. The only reason I would say it's not is if you're one and three and your one is on Sunday, because man, that just looks ugly. If you've lost eight in a row, you know, right. I, I really think two and two is what they need to do this weekend. I mean, just, that's, a, that's a must. That's your that's your baseline. I, I do because you've been in locker rooms. I'll admit, haven't been in the locker room. I haven't been involved in these situations, Blake. You and I both know it's a confidence level at a certain point. And if if they ratchet this losing streak up to eight. At what point for a locker room does maybe that start to become a mental thing, even if they know they're good enough that just like whether it's they blow two more in the ninth and one they get shelled in. You know, it's like at what point does that mental thing start setting in where they just feel like they can do nothing right? Right. I mean, especially like going home, going or going to dinner with your family afterwards, you're like, God, we're great. We're the lost eight in a row. Right, you you can't. It, it's hard to cover, recover from that. It's hard for it's hard to recover from going zero and four at the plate, right? Right. <laughs> it's hard to recover from walking three guys in the ninth inning. Like, talk about just expanding your your rate of unsuccess. Like, 
how, how do you come back from that? And to be honest with you, man, nothing changes as far as your work work ethic. You're still going out there. You're putting your you're putting your work in. VP uh, guys who aren't getting a whole lot of bats, they're getting live abs on on Tuesdays, Thursdays. But like the whole feel is different, right? It, mm-hmm. The problem is, I'll tell you what happens right now with with a what a five game vendor. Yeah. Everybody's pressing, Randy. Everybody's like, "Oh, we have to win this first game against Stanford. We have to go win it Friday night." What does that look like on Kale Davis? Like, man, I've got a lot of pressure on my shoulders. No, man, no. You go out there and you got you got to try to repeat the same feel. We talked about it last last week a lot. Skip that guy. Is like, okay, we're all in five. What did we do in those five losses? We can do better. Right. Right. No. Obviously, walking walking people is not going to work. You can't go and walk the numbers the seven the number seven team in the nation you just can't like you're not going to win that way but you can't you can't tackle two things at once right we talked about the air uh, for wallace clark last night that was mm. detrimental to that game but we we've got to find a way to just get better a little bit better each game at a time well and i want to bring up one other thing and and the reason i bring this up everyone goes like i i tweeted something out after one of the losses last maybe it's after the sweep you know, because I, I do think it's a factor. And they're right, because I tweeted out, it's really rough for this team. I know they're still scoring runs. I mean, and they've scored all but like last Friday, they scored. I mean, five-plus runs a game, and that should be enough to win a game. I'm not I'm not trying to ignore the fact they've had issues on the mound. But still at the same time, even scoring five runs a game. Blake, do you realize, I don't know if anyone realizes this until I started thinking about it on Sunday, and that's when I realized it. They have not had their starting nine, what we called their starting nine on opening week, you know, in three weeks. You've had injuries from Wallace Clark. He missed time. Kendall Pettis, he's missed time. He's not even back in the outfield yet. You've got Dakota Harris that's missed the last five games. And I realize those guys that have filled in, they've done admirably. They've, they've put up numbers offensively with Sebastian, you know, with Caden Powell. You know, some of those guys have won it. And Diego Munoz got some big hits. But at the same time, Blake, how big is it when your regulars aren't there for the rest of the team? Because talk about pressing. Does now all of a sudden, because Dakota's been like a clutch guy for him, does that put more pressure on a Spikerman and a Nicholas thinking, we got to do more now because we're missing so-and-so. So how big an effect not having that lineup in there for three weeks, what you know is the true best nine, may be affecting some of these guys pressing? I mean, I think the easiest thing to go back to is last year, right? We didn't really have a whole lot of injuries last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we were pretty lucky with that. But I, I think it does put some pressure on some other guys in the lineup to, to figure it out. But you're right. You're, we're scoring eight runs a game. That should be enough. Um, and, and honestly, most of our injuries have been – I mean, we got we got hit back. He, he's coming back, starting to, to look a little bit – not look better, but he's getting more length out of his, out of his starts. Uh, it, it kind of happened an off weekend, right? He just a, seemed like he's a little bit wild with mm-hmm. it. Um, but it, it's hard. It, it really is, man. Like the the dynamic, the 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 charismatic leaders in the in the locker room really need to step up. Well, the they- Kendall Pettis, just because we we don't have Dakota Harris, we haven't had him for a couple couple games. That doesn't mean we have to do more, right? It's, it's, right. it's past the stick mentality. It's that Joe mentality, right? You, mm-hmm. you got to have a guy that wants to go out and win a ball game. And I think you're, you've hit the nail on the head. Uh, Diego Muniz. Um, I'm Sebastian. Sebastian. Sorry. Yeah. Sebastian Orduno. Really, I mean, slow starts the year, but really come through and, and, and collecting their hits. 
effectively. Um, it, it's just hard, man. Like, it's hard to find the right thing to say because there is no perfect algorithm to continue to win games, especially after you've, you've done what you've done the last week. I'm with you. It's crazy. And I'm sure that bus ride home from Wichita after the two games in Kansas state at Kansas state, you know, that's how they lost them pretty much on Saturday and Sunday. And then you think you got the game one last night and that ends up happening in the bottom of the eight. I'm sure that was a long bus ride home. I, I have no doubts. And Maybe it's good. Maybe it gives them a lot of time to reflect and think on things, you know, and come together as a team because sometimes that's what you got to do as a team. Just come together, decide to block out all the noise and everything else. And sometimes it's just getting away from the field, man. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you can press so much that you'll you'll put yourself in a deeper rut. Getting away from the field and sometimes not even being with your team, just getting away from the guys in general, completely separate separating yourself from from the issue it's not an issue but you get what right. i'm saying no, right? exactly it's, it's, I, I, you gotta go bowling or something take your girlfriend out bowling go do something fun that has nothing to do with baseball basically exactly man you're constantly hearing the negatives and and even us we're putting we're pointing out oh we need to stop walking guys but that, that's hard to hear it really is as a player i don't i don't i know i'm bad i know i'm not doing well right now no i'm not doing what i'm supposed to be doing i want to go to a dinner and not hear about Oh God, you, you guys are going bad now. No, man. I just want to sit down, eat my meal, and be done with it. I want to go home, go to sleep, play video games, whatever the guys are doing right now, and just get away from the situation. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll say this, Blake. Let's talk about hopefully sunnier days, if you will. Th- things positive that's happened over the last week. I think you look at a few things that give you reason to go, all right. When a Dakota gets back, you know, the lineup's already, you know, still producing. You get you get that top flight back bat back in the lineup. Here here's some positives on the pitching staff side. I think what Braden Carmichael's done in relief over the last couple of appearances has been lights out. And like last night, we know going into that game, that was a Johnny Allstaff night. And they took Braden Carmichael out at a certain point where I thought it was interesting, but when you look at what they were doing, I'm going to bet without even knowing and without even talking to Skip, he was on a pitch count where they'll have him this weekend in relief for against Stanford. Because otherwise, I think he may start that game. But he pitched, what, an inning and two-thirds and came out. So I think he was on a pitch count. So I think Braden Carmichael has been a bright spot. I think Karsten's getting back. I know he was the one that was in. Maybe he stayed in a little too long against Kansas State on Sunday. But he looked really good in his first, what, two and a third innings. He looked really strong. And so that's a guy that's going to start Sunday for him against Stanford. He hasn't started a game since week two. So back to injuries being a factor, some of the guys are getting healthy. Maybe that's the best sign right now. Yeah, absolutely. I I couldn't agree more with Carmichael. Uh, He came in on against K-State and had a really good outing. Uh, What was that, Sunday he came in? Mm -hmm. Late. Had a really good out. He pounds his own. I've always liked him. And you remember a couple of years ago when he was a Sunday starter. Yep. He's just got that dog about him. He really does. Um, and so he's he, he moved to the bullpen. That that gives him that more mentality that I've got all this game to sit here and get into the game, get the emotions, feel all the, all the feels. And now I get to go to the bullpen, get hot, come out and release all of that instead of just caught, like getting on your routine. And, and, and that's a good mix-up for some people. It really is. So what that he's not a starter anymore. He's he's really adapted the role well and given what he's 
taken but what he's been given in producing in his in his roles. No doubt, and, and he's a guy I think that moves. If I'm if I'm OU, I'm not the coach. I'm not Skip Johnson. He's my midweek starter next week because midweeks like are becoming that. really important again. I mean, they're always important, but with the five game losing streak, if you lo- if you go two and two, you know, you're gonna have to start winning some midweeks when you're talking at an at large bid to a regional. I think Braden Absolutely. gives you the best shot. Braden gives you a great. I think he shot. does. And what we're we're zero three in the past three minutes. We lost three midweeks in a row. Yeah, actually, I think four now. So it was, D, it was Wichita State, DVU, and then who was before them? I guess it is just three. Yeah, yeah. Abilene was before. We won a game. That's right. You're right. My fault. So okay. we're the OU is three and four in midweeks, but they won one before they lost the last three. So you're right. Sorry, right. my fault. My so. Fault. I, I completely agree. Throw Carmichael out on, on the midweek in the midweek game. See what it gives you. Extend him a little bit. And, and, and like I said, I'm I'm not the coach either. I don't I don't want to put a guy in a situation where he's going to fail. But I, I don't think Carmichael fails in that starting role. He's already been proven. He was a Sunday guy, dog, and has had some big innings under his belt. Fully agree. Hey, let's talk about some other things I think have been somewhat positive. You know, a lot of people want to bag the pitching staff, but what are your thoughts of Hit so far and how he's pitched? They're slowly extending him out more and more, and I feel like he's gotten better each and every week. No, he really has. He pounds his own. I think he had three walks this weekend, but he, he just got a little out of control. Not a big deal, but he's got the stuff to be a that Sunday guy that really brings it to you. He's that lefty that you just don't see very well. It, it, it's hard to, to pick him up. That fastball, it kind of just jumps on you. Um I think he's going to be a really good asset going forward, especially when you get him into the 100 to the 95 to 105 pitch pitch count range where he can really do some work instead of trying to piece that Sunday together. Uh, it, it takes pressure off your bullpen on that Sunday because you're not trying to, you're not trying to throw three or four guys to get to, to Weber or, uh, or Pierce, right? Mm-hmm. You're just trying to, you got a guy that's going to go out and do the work for you. I, I fully agree. I, I really like what I've seen out of him, and I thought he was going to be a big key to this team. And, and I don't think we've seen his full potential because he's coming off that injury, and Blake, he's slowly stretched his arm out. I don't think he's thrown over 60 pitches yet in a game. If he has, it's right. been like 65. So, I mean, we haven't even seen his full potential yet. And it's starting to warm up, and that's when I think we're going to see some more out of these arms, like a Kel Davis, you know, like a Dalfit. I mean, you're going to see a little bit stronger fastball. When it's warm, this team's played well. How about that, too? I know both teams play in the weather, so it's not an excuse. If they're out there playing in it, you got to go play at your top level just like they are. But the one thing we have seen, when they've had nice weather, they've went and played well like they did in Frisco, like they did in Houston. They haven't had nice yeah, weather too much. Dude, it's it was a down, a torrential downpour. How was there not lightning on Friday night when, or was it Friday or Saturday? When Friday. It was pouring down. I was looking at Thomas Hughes in the in the first base coaching box. I'm like, dude, I don't know how you're standing out there, letting alone guys going out there and playing nine. No doubt, it's hey, hard to. Can, can it's you hard ex- to sit there and throw a strike, get a hit, the ball's wet. Right. Like it can, when you're changing out balls seventy times a game because. It's just wet, and you you got a guy in the dugout putting putting the towel on it and stuff like that. That'll that'll. Uh, I it's just ridiculous. I was shocked that game was finished being played, and it's not an excuse because K State played in it. They went out and won. They performed in the weather. It's crazy weather, 
And a lot of people I know were coming after, like, thinking the coaches, you know, Kansas State had something to do with the game not being called. The one thing is, the game, once it starts, it's in the umpire's hands. How did the umpires not go, hey, uh, we're in a delay? (laughs) I mean, there was one shot. They showed the lights. They have some of those lights that, like, face up, facing the sky, and water was landing in them. They were full. They were puddles. How were they playing (laughs) the game? Exactly. I think I saw lightning in the distance, and that's the big key, right, on those delays. Yeah. We, I, I remember a, a series against Texas when it something was burning. There was ash in the air. I don't, I don't know if you were at that mm-hmm. game or not, but it was a couple years ago. Yeah. There was ash in the air. It, you couldn't even see. I'm like, how are we still – I think it was on a Gomez Go Night or something like that. How are we playing in this? Somebody, somebody is burning down, down the street, and we're still playing in this fire. I remember that. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. But that game just blew my mind away because I'm a defender of the turf. There's a lot of people like, it looks gross. It needs to be natural grass. Like when they talk about L. Del Mitchell, and I try to tell them, college baseball is played February, March, April when it's horrible weather. To me, turf field is for this. It's not to play through the deluge that they played through Friday night. Turf field is to play through as if that deluge comes in and it stops 45 minutes before the game starts. Where you can still play you the game. You don't have to run night. the tarps out and, and put the to put the tarp, the surface on there yeah. to get it dry. You can like play that. that night. You can play thirty minutes later because it's got great drainage. It doesn't have we're in flash flood warning. Let's play through it. I I'm in shock still. That just blew my mind Friday night. I was just like, what the world is going on right now? Yeah, to kind of add on, it's kind of a recruiting aspect too, right? It's a hundred percent recruitable all the time. Mm-hmm. Exactly, all the time. You don't whether you got twenty games played on in the week or or one. It looks the same every day, and I agree with you. But there's got to be a. I, I'm not making excuses, man. You're right. K State play well in the rain. You got to hand put take their hat off to it. They're both playing it. They did a great job. We knew they were a good hitting team, mm-hmm. and they proved it to us. They took their walk at the right time, got the hits at the right time. That's just what happened. You, you just got to live with it, right? Yep. The only reason it's getting expanded is because we got swept. Exactly. Hey, you want an interesting stat? And then I'm going to ask you another question here in a minute about fans and everything like that. But here's an interesting stat. After week one of Big 12 play, there were three series. Oklahoma won two out of three. Tech won two out of three. Baylor won two out of three. You know what happened the following week to those three teams? 0-3. Swept. All went on the road. All were at home first week. All went on the road second week. All got swept. Who Baylor get swept by? Uh, Baylor got swept by uh, last week Oklahoma State. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm I'm still just curious about how they pulled two out, man. Especially because that K State Penn is good. Well, they, they had a couple guys coming in bringing it yeah. with nasty stuff. The one thing I noticed in stats when the K State announcers, I, I'm like you, I'm an ESPN fan. Like I watch college baseball all the time now because ESPN Plus, but. The stats they gave for on the road to on at home, it's like total opposite. The only guy that is really good pitching-wise for Kansas State at home is the kid that started Friday night. He's good both ways. The rest of the staff, yeah. yeah. The rest of the staff, a little shaky on the road. The offense, I think there were like five guys they mentioned that hit like 100 points lighter on the road than what they do at home. It's freaky. It's I never baseball. That. I don't either. Yeah, I, I, I could get it if it's like, I, I don't know, man. I'm not a pitching guy, but 
if you go to a turf mound to a turf mound, it seems like it would be the same, right? Like mm-hmm. you're not going to get a whole lot of the 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 clay is not going to be different from. I, I can understand pitching on a natural surface and a turf surface, but I just don't get the feel there, man. I really never have. Uh, plus, when I was when I was a guy, I I never when I pitched in high school, I never felt the difference between the mounds, really. Right. It, it's odd, man. But I was hearing those stats, and I'm like, oh, of course, Oklahoma has to go to Manhattan this year. Been a great year to play them in Norman, evidently. <laughs> yeah, I really would have. I'm like, dang, really you know, and so that's why I think this week, I mean, there's some interesting series around the conference this weekend, and that's why I'm like, it'll be interesting to see. Unfortunately, we don't get to test the theory on K-State this week. They're back at home, but, you know, teams that won last week, if they go on the road and they were at home last week, what do they do this week? It, it's going to be fun to follow along. So, yeah, just some interesting splits for that K-State. Hey, before we started the podcast, we were talking – and it's kind of funny. I've mentioned that, you know, yeah, I'm a media member, but I went to school at OU. And one reason I adopted OU baseball from when I was 13, before I was even a media member, I started going to games, you know, but was because it's the one thing that at the time, I got to admit, when I started working in media, media didn't cover as much. You covered Big 12 baseballs tournament and you covered Bedlam. That's all you really had to worry about. So I got to go hang out with my friends at ball games, you know, as far as and just be a fan. And I joined a group named the Yardbirds, and you were kind of talking about a young kid that hit a home run the other day, and they were calling him out. Kind of tell your story and, you know, what you were saying we need to get the young kids used to. It, it, it seems like it's just a, it's a culture thing, right? I mean, for me, I will never forget the first home run I hit, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a backside homer on a windy day. I think it was against K-State. Uh, wall scraper. I popped it up and the the Oklahoma wind sucked it. I, I get in the dugout. I'm I, I dabbed everybody up, right? I, I put my bat. I'm going to sit down. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean? I've already got my helmet off. <laughs> I go back up to the dugout. I guys are like, you you've got to go. You got to go tip your hat to the Yardbirds. I'm like, what? Who are the Yardbirds? I'm like, it, it's not really talked about a whole lot in the dugout, especially if you're coming from somewhere else, right? The, the routine is right. You, you go to the, you dab everybody up. You go to the top of the dugout, just like you're getting a standing ovation. It's, it's awesome. It, it's one of the best feelings that I've ever had, honestly. And every other home run since, I never forgot it. I, I, I've always dab my guys up, go to the top of the dugout, say what's up to you guys, and then do, go about my business. But it, I, I was kind of curious because it, it took a little bit longer. To, I don't remember who it was, but it was a young guy. It took a little bit longer than I expected. I'm like, hey, man. Better get up to the top step. You better do it, man. They'll go nuts. They really will. (laughs) It's true. And I'll admit, that started, God, was it in 2010, 2009? They started, you know, Cal Zittergob, the leader of the group, you know. We all started doing it. He always knows, okay, what are we going to call him? You know, because all you guys have nicknames. And, you know, you go to the games enough, even if you don't know the team, you know, as far as personally, you learn the nicknames. And so they all discuss what are we gonna? Are we gonna use the nickname, or are we gonna call him Blake? You know, or you know, whatever right. it is. You know, and so it is funny. And, and trust me, the guys appreciate it when the players call him out. And that's the one thing I love about the fan base because I feel like whether it's the burn bums in the outfield that have come over along the last couple of years to the yard birds inside. I mean, Blake, I think you and I both look at this program, and you grew up in Oklahoma. I'm sure you went to a lot of games when you're in high school and junior high and everything. So you you know what it's like. We're getting ready to enter the SEC. And I talked earlier about, you know, hey, those fan bases are nuts. 
I mean, A&M's got an 8,000-seat stadium. I'm watching the Texas Texas A&M game last night. They're interviewing Schlossnagel. They're talking about adding another four to 5,000 seats. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, so so my thing is everyone just needs to come together and come out to the games. I mean, whether you want to set in the outfield with the burn bums, you want to come set up with the yard birds, you want to start your own group. You want to just be a fan and not be a part of a group. You know, that's what Oklahoma baseball needs right now. Not only from donation side of things, but just fandom to help with that recruiting. Absolutely, man. Any, I mean, what I think the coolest thing is Ole Miss, when they hit a home run, it's a beer shower, right? Yes. How do we spread that throughout the stadium? How do we spread that to the burn, right? It's, it's, got, it's people consistently coming to the game, win or lose, consistently have a love you talk about the football fans we're such a heavy win college mm-hmm. with softball with gymnastics with football right like how do we express that enthusiasm from from saturdays on the football field to uh thursday night against stanford obviously that's going to be blown up a little bit right because number seven i think the fact the crowd is going to be great but how do we get it as a uniform like I'm going to put it up to you. You've been doing this a lot longer than I have. I'm up in the booth. Obviously, I can't sit there and throw beer onto, onto cra- under the crowd. Right? <laughs> Come that's, on, that's why not? not? Gonna work for me. And you know I would, I would <laughs> but I just don't like that. I, I don't know. Right. Plus, on that punch card before the game, they don't let me pick. I got to uh, admit, it doesn't have one of those on there. You're right. Tell me it, on that punch card. It's kind pun- of it, you, you got nachos, hot dogs, soda, water, and I'm looking for – Beer. Hey, before beer. we get before we get onto how we do that, tell me you're like me when you get that punch card. You make sure you go ahead and check everything on it. Absolutely, give me everything, yeah. man. I'll take it all. Just give it to me. Let, let me ask you this, Randy: What's your favorite ballpark food? In Norman or in general? In general, uh, nachos. If you say hot dog, I'm no nachos. 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 Oh, thank God. Yeah. Peppers. Peppers, yes. Jalapenos, definitely jalapenos, and sometimes depending on the chili they have. I like the chili on it a little bit, too. Okay, I like that. I'm going to ask you one more question, and we can kind of get back on track. Okay. Cheese on the chips or in the cup? I like it on the chips. On the chips, right? Yes. On the chips. I'm like, There's why do I want to dip it? In that cup. Yeah, why do I want to dip it? that cup is so small, man. It's so small. I can't ever get my freaking chip in there. Exactly. Anyway, no, I'm that's completely you. off base. I needed to know those questions so we can continue to do Same this. here. If, I, if I do I do real this. Don't feel bad. I, I do real this. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you said the wrong answer, I had to get out of here. It, done. Exactly. Podcast <laughs> over. Episode two, we're done. No more. That's it. <laughs> That's done. it. We're done. <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I think what it is, and it's no one in the Yardbirds, no one in the Burn Bums, none like that, but I don't know how to be more accepting. I mean, like – Back in the day, the Yardbirds, when they had a huge group, they weren't all members of us, right? But there were fans that came, started congregating. They're very receptive. They're like, hey, come one, come all. And I know the burn bums are the same way. Come one, come all. But I don't know how to get that message out to the fans because, yeah, we have Twitter, we have this. Not everybody's on that. A lot of times fans come in and they think they're funny. You know, like – You'll sit there in the Yardbirds and everyone's heckling the opposing team, which Skip's, Skip loves it because that's what right. he wants out of the fans. But they don't think they should come sit by us because, oh, that must be some specialty group, you know, fan group or whatever. No, I, I, I'm like you. I don't know how to get the what message. What are y'all doing, man, to, to, to just post people away? I, look, we don't. I don't know what y'all do in your top right corner, okay? But 
we you don't do anything. Anymore. We don't do anything, and that's yeah, where yeah, like, you, you, you got a Sam's Club card up there, man. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, come on now. I mean, it's like it's like everyone come. I mean, we'll sit there and wait. People are no, you're fine. Go ahead and say here. You know, come on up, join us. You know, and yeah. it, it's like just getting that message across because I mean, we stand out in the parking lot. You know, have a little tailgate before and after right. every game. I mean, it grows as the year goes on. Because I'll admit, there's a lot of. I'm 50. There's several of us that are older than 50. We've all said we've gone to baseball 37 years. Doesn't mean we're not a fan anymore, but you mentioned ESPN Plus. When the weather's crap, especially I'm, if it's I'm not a big game, couch, uh, hey, it's warm. I'm not going to freeze yeah. my old bones off. I, I'm good. I've got a kid now, you know, or whatever. You know, there, <laughs> yeah. th- there's stuff, you know. When I was 25, I wouldn't have missed a game if it was subarctic, you know. So it, it, there's a big difference. But that's, I, where stand, that's where you stand it, right? Like, it, I think it's the age thing. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just a, it's a different generation, man. Where, while media does a lot, I mean, we wouldn't be here, we wouldn't be doing this if media wasn't had a big presence, right? But right. There's so much access that it's, it's hard to leave the house. It really is. But I think I don't know how long Old Miss has been doing what they do. Quite a while. And I think we're in the right direction. I think I we're in too. the right direction. You see, marketing going around with a microphone, mm-hmm. trying to get the fans in, and. Sooner and Scooter there all the time. Like I think we're in the right direction, but it, it it's been a mystery, guys. We would talk about it on game day, right? Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, when when I was there, we were kind of up and down, right? We'd have a, we'd have a regional year, we wouldn't. We'd have a regional year, we wouldn't. Mm-hmm. How do we get fans in the in the stands? And honestly, part of when I was playing, I thought it was an education thing. Like I didn't think a whole lot of fans knew were diehard baseball fans knew the ins and outs, right? Right. But I think your diehard baseball fans now are on the field. To be honest with you, I think it's kind of dwindled, right? You don't have that big group of guys coming to the game and and just making it a family atmosphere. Uh, hey, you guys are a big part of that. I agree, and you know one other thing, and I don't think OU has any control of it. I think the Big 12 has control of it, and I hope when they go to the SEC, it slowly starts to change. Honestly, I th- I think there's a lot of fans that love the softball program that also like baseball. They're two different sports, but they're similar enough that, you know, you like to watch them right. both. The worst you're going to pick the shorter one, right? You're going to pick the shorter one. Exactly. If you're if you're a French fan, you're going to pick the shorter one. And because if you got a family because really you got little kids, it's easier to keep them contained for two hours or two and a half hours than three and a half. Plus, it's more entertaining because they're run-rolling everyone. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. But what I was going to say is the conference doesn't help them out at all. Like this weekend. And I guess, oh, you could I, – I don't know how – and I know scheduling. They don't get together as a softball coach and a baseball coach. Hey, we got a home game here and a home game there. But in the conference series, the conference is the one that sets it up. There's nothing that irritates me more than when I look at the schedule and, like, say – and I know it's a non-con for baseball this week, but let's say they were playing Kansas at home for baseball, right? And you right. look across the way, oh, softball's playing at the exact same time in Norman against Texas. That doesn't help. You think it's a scheduling issue? I, I mean, I think it does. If you're trying to split a fan, if you got like back to again, we mentioned Oklahoma fans love winners. Not that the baseball team's not a winner, but softball is winning at this Alabama football level, right? Right. Hard so if, to get behind it. So yeah. if they can't get their tickets, if they can get their tickets to that softball game, they're going to the softball game, not the baseball game. So yeah. I wish they would do it where, hey, on a weekend where OU's on the road baseball-wise, guess what? Softball's at home. The next weekend, baseball's at home, softball's on the road. 
I, I mean, you see what I'm saying? Don't try to split the fans that are the diamond sport fans. Why are you doing that to people? There's a gentleman, Hunter Shepard, that writes for Sooners 360, and I thought he was just mainly a softball guy until last year in the run. And we started talking. I was doing Twitter spaces and everything for regionals, and he follows the baseball team heavily. But his main sport is softball. So when it comes to choosing whether he's going to a softball game or a baseball game or watching the softball team on ESPN Plus or going to the baseball game because he couldn't get tickets to softball, he's watching softball. I just wish there was some separation in time windows. That way fans don't have to decide. Do you think even if – and we talk about people with families and stuff like that, you've got to get home. Obviously, you have to get home at some time, but Mm -hmm. like – what what if we just split the times up as far as when they play? I, I wish they'd right. do Obviously that. Obviously, on on a travel day, you have to you have to do it at one. I get that. Right. But like on a Friday, maybe you alternate. Maybe one weekend softball is going to play at, at three o'clock, and and OU is going to get that, or the baseball is going to get that six o'clock prime time. Well, to right? be honest, you talk about exactly, but Blake, you talk about softball being fast. You could even start softball at five and still do baseball. How about you move it thirty minutes? And I know it goes later in the night. But instead of six thirty, it's seven. You may get a lot of people that leave that softball game that come to the baseball game. Ooh, and I just thought of this. How about you go to the softball game, free tickets to the baseball game? I don't know, man. It'll be a. It, it's a different. It, it's hard. It's it. There's never. There's not a perfect algorithm, right? Like you, it's hard to get people in the seat. No, it I really know. Is. I mean, there's not a solution. I will say this, and the, and I'll get off my hours because I know, you know. We all have lives here, but uh, but I do think one thing, and you mentioned game day ops. I think one thing that's going to help it because what do fans love the most? You go to Thunder games, right? What do they do during timeouts, Blake? They entertain. You. It's constantly say it's a show. Yeah, yeah. That's what I like. What baseball is doing now with game day ops. You know, like you say, they've got the mascots out there. They've got contests going on. There for a while, I really felt like baseball. Oh, you didn't invest anything in game day promotions, in publication for for the sport. And and I've always had this philosophy, which I know Joe C thinks baseball's huge. He's been on the committee before. He's a big proponent of college baseball, you know, and of University of Oklahoma baseball. But I've always felt like the athletic department sometimes didn't promote it the way you should. Because fan base, let's be honest, they only dive into what you Almost, it's really weird. I don't know how to say this the right way because I don't mean it hatefully, but it's like a fan base only decides something's big if you, as the organization, treat it big. And that's where I feel well, like look, they've gotten now with baseball. Look at what basketball did. Mm-hmm. You got you got the head coach rolling to the frat. Yeah. Is that what, is that what Skip's got to do? He's got to roll to the frat to get people out here? I think I'm, it would I'm help. For it. I remember the early days. You talk about the outfield. And, okay, look, I don't want anyone doing anything stupid. But in the outfield, and I don't mean the burn bum side, so you two in left field, all the frats and sororities that come out for the big games and have big parties. Security started cracking down on them. You know what? As long as they aren't throwing things on the field, they aren't starting fights, they aren't doing anything, let them be. That's what you want. I like that. No, I really like that. You want a rowdy crowd. That's the beer showers. As long as they're doing it responsibly. I, I think you're you're on the, you're really on to something, man. I mean, maybe maybe guys with people would constantly go out there and we're tired of getting hassled. Because right? I'm exact, and I know that for a fact. There were a couple of times I walked out there with some buddies that didn't have tickets, you know, to get a beverage during a game, and 
you know, you they weren't getting hassled because they were a little older, but some of the young guys, they weren't doing anything. They were like, are they bothering you? We're like, no, they're fine. They're watching the game, you know? Right. Yeah, they're playing catch with their football on the hill, but guess what? They're watching the game. They're here. Because I guarantee you, with some of the security at OU that works security out there, if they did the beer showers, they would have to stop it. Who does that come from, though? I don't know. I, I think it's a private contract company. I don't know what the stipulations are, and I'm not ripping them. I'm just saying they're doing their job, but it doesn't give it the, hey, go have fun. Go razz yeah. the right filter. As long no, as you're not the right thing. Yeah. I think we did the right thing inviting beer back into the, into the stadium. I oh, think yeah. that brought people into the stadium, mm-hmm. but you're right. I, I I don't think people are feel – I don't want to say people don't feel welcome because they do. They are welcome. You're you're more than welcome, but it's that rowdy mentality that we're missing, right? Cut loose. That's what I always say. I, re- I remember loose. going out to play right field, taking a ball, signing a ball, and say, keep it rowdy and right, and it, throwing it to the fans. Right. You get what I'm saying then. That's what it's about. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, so yeah. I live off that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and you know what? They're opposing teams. There was a young man from the University of Missouri. God, this was years ago. His name was Hunter Mintz. He was a power hitter. And he was an All-American. I don't know what he had going on, allergies or what, but he always had um, eye wash. You know, every time before you go to the bat, he would squirt some eye wash in his eye, eye drops and everything like that. By the Sunday game, and it was out of fun because the kid killed Oklahoma. Oklahoma won the games, but I'm talking like, I think he hit like three home runs already that weekend going into Sunday. You know? And so... Like, he struck out the first at bat, I think it was, on the Sunday game. One of my buddies had brought a brand new bottle of eye drops for him and went and gave it to him like he needed Like, hey, you must have an issue. You know, and totally got it. He knew he was in jest because we were like, oh, my God. You know, you gave the fake applause when he struck out the one time on Sunday. Like, oh, thank God, you know. Thank you so much. Yeah. And so then they gave him the eye drops the next about Like, oh, you need to clean something out because I don't know how you missed it. You know, it's like. And he laughed and kind of not tipped his cap to him. You know, it's like, that's what baseball is about. That's why it's so different than football and basketball. You can be interactive with the players. Don't be a jackass. Right. Have fun with them, though. Both yeah. sides. And you don't think people don't respect that either? Like, I, I remember, who was I talking to? When we went to the South Carolina Regional, the center fielder. Oh, Jackie Bradley Jr.? No, 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 no. For us, for us. Oh, God, who was that? You would say that, Blake. I can't remember right now. Either way, yeah. he would talk about, like, that is one of the best atmospheres he's been to. And I think before that, we went to the LSU regional. Right. right. Um, but he's like, that's, that was one of my favorite times playing baseball because I would go strike out and hear about it in center field. I'd have to sit there and just wear it for three outs. And sometimes those three outs were not quick, man. And you might wear it the whole game if you did it crazy yeah. enough, whatever you did. Because even if you right. hit a home run the next two at-bats, they're going to remember that one time you look foolish on something. Exactly, man. It, it, the worst parts I've ever like, I felt my first hit of my career, I fell down between first and second base. Oh, no. Luckily, luckily, it was at home. So I didn't hear a whole lot about it except for my close friends, family, like in a little circle there, right? Right. But... Could you imagine if I did that at LSU? Oh yeah. Oh gosh. You might have wanted to get on the bus. <laughs> you want you want to quit baseball. You'd want to quit. <laughs> exactly, man. No, I mean you you're so right, Blake. Oh man, it's crazy. Hey Blake, it's a big weekend series this weekend. Four games against Stanford. 
I'm going to ask you because, hey, two different questions here, and then I'll give you my answers to it. First of all, what's Oklahoma do this weekend in four games? What's her record? And who is the player you kind of picked a click, if you will, that you think is going to find that gear for them this year, this weekend? I think the record, I, I like the two and two. I want to say we win the series just because I'm a homer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say we go three and four. And, and I think that if we do that, that is outstanding, right? But I think the baseline is going to be two and two. If you come out of the series in and, and, and a losing, you, 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 it's, it's hard to lose at home, mm-hmm. especially in a big series like this. Uh, as far as the pick to click, I honestly see Kendall Pettis. I, I really like he, – he's been good. Uh, he's still sitting at 300 average. He, he's one of those guys at the bottom of the lineup that can really sell – his position. Um, and plus, I just like him as a dude. Uh, it's hard not to get behind that guy. He's always got a smile on his face, and he, he's really hard not to cheer for. Yeah, I, I, I love those picks. And I, I'm like you. I really like what I've seen out of Kendall the last couple of weeks. I mean, since he's come back from the injury, he may have not been right where he was before he left, but he's starting to find it again. You, you can see it in him. All right. right. I, I'm going 2-2, two and two, Blake. I, I would love to see the 3-1. and one. I'm going to go 2-2. Two and two. And, you know, maybe if they go out and win the first two, I may go ahead and say, you know what, they've got a great shot to win the next two. But let's get to the two wins first. So I'm going to go two and two. Uh, My pick to click this week, I I really like – it's a guy I almost picked last week because everyone was down on him. He's found his groove, and I think people are just – had forgot about how good the kid can be. That's Jonathan Spikerman. On the other show I do, I picked Jackson Nicholas last week. Had a pretty good week. Had a pretty good week. I think Jonathan Spikerman, look for him to maybe get a bomb this weekend or two. I think Ooh, he's I starting like I think he's starting to find it. You watch him. We talked last week about you got to look at the quality at bats, not just if he's getting on base. His at bats, for the most part, have been pretty quality over the last four or five games. I think what's I think what's taken him down this year is just his walks, right? He's not mm-hmm. he's not taking his walks. And I think you're right. You see him picking up those couple hits. One hit every game, you're like, okay, man, this might be it. This might be it. I think you're absolutely right. He could just springboard off of this weekend and, and really take off. No doubt. It's going to be fun. We'll be back again next week. Nine guys named Joe. Look us up. iTunes, Spotify, all your favorite podcast areas you can find us. Every week we drop an episode, usually on Thursday. We'll drop it again this Thursday with series starting on Thursday for the next two weeks. That's going to do it for myself, Randy Ice, and Blake Brewster. We'll be back next week.